Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the November 8th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you haven't already, please follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia on Facebook. And of course, we also ask you to subscribe on YouTube. When you follow and subscribe, that lets us know that you support our efforts and it also ensures that you will get notifications when we drop new episodes and post other information. As you know, yesterday, November 7th, was election day in the state of Georgia and many other places throughout the country. And of course, here on Local Matters, we're going to focus on those races that took place here in the Metro Augusta area. During the episode that we did a few weeks ago to get you prepared for the election, we talked about elections not just happening here in Richmond County, but we also talked about elections that are taking place or did take place in Columbia County and Burke County as well. So today is our election wrap-up episode. You all who've been a part of the Local Matters family for a while know that these are my favorite episodes to do, just to sort of talk through what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and what we look forward to as we move past these elections into the next phase. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. Um, I will start off with um, the biggie here in Richmond County. And that, of course, was our C-SPLOST or our Coliseum Special Purpose Local Option Sales Tax. You all may recall that a few weeks ago, I had the chairman of the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority, uh, Cedric Johnson, as well as the vice chair, who is Brett Ushery, had both of those gentlemen on to describe this project to us uh, so that you would know exactly what it is that you were being asked to support at the polls. Um, I will say um, that I had gotten phone calls from people going back two, three weeks ago, and they would ask me what I thought would happen. And I was telling folks that I was really at a point where I wasn't sure it was going to pass. You know, I was at the point uh, two and a half weeks ago where if I been forced to make a call, I would have told you that it would have failed uh, because I was hearing so much negative input about it all. And you all may recall, and you may have seen some of the things yourself in the Augusta Press, um, as well as some of the commentary on social media. And in my case, I placed some individual phone calls to people that I knew would have opinions on the matter. Um, one, as a way of getting prepared for this episode, because I wanted to know what was on the minds of the people who were for it and the people who were against it. Uh, but I, I made some phone calls and I was getting no, no, no with everyone that I talked to. Or in some cases, I was getting, oh, there's an election on November 7th. Well, I didn't even know we had anything on the ballot. So 
um, between the folks who didn't know what was happening and the folks who were planning to vote no, it appeared as if this thing might be in trouble. However, I sensed, and what I told a few people, I did another round of check-ins yesterday with folks uh, just to ask, hey, what do you think's happening? Are you going to predict it passes? What do you think? And um, I was getting positives from almost everybody yesterday that I, I reached out to. And um, I attribute uh, the fact that there were some changes. I think there were some shifts maybe over the last week or so. I could feel things just sort of shifting uh, in favor of approval of that uh, half-cent Coliseum local option sales tax. So here we are. It was approved, and it looks like in a few years uh, we will have a brand-new James Brown Arena complex in downtown Augusta, which personally from an urban planning perspective I think is a really good thing for the city of Augusta. So there we are um, in terms of the summary. If you look into the, the numbers and dig deeply, um, I just start making a list of all those reasons that people gave me that they did not plan to vote for it. Um, one, they felt like Augusta was not ready for big time entertainment here. Um, they Think that Augusta has a bad name among promoters in the music industry uh, who would not be interested in bringing acts here, regardless of the type of facility that was available. Uh, next, I would hear, well, you know, Augusta can't fill up the seats that they already have in a smaller arena. What would make you think they could fill up seats in a bigger arena? I heard people saying, well, you know, the real problem here in terms of getting the right acts or the acts that we want to see in town is not so much the facility itself as it is the management of that facility. And that's where the real problem lies. Um, I also heard um, questions like, why can't they just renovate the existing facility? Do you really have to tear the whole thing down and start over? I also heard complaints about the location of the facility. Um, you know, there was a discussion going back a few years about locating the facility somewhere in the Gordon Highway corridor, i.e. the Regency Mall location or something else in a, a more southern portion of the county, as well as some discussion about perhaps placing it near Interstate 20. So there are questions about location and wondering if downtown was actually the best place to be. Um, also, there were just general complaints that I heard about taxation, particularly in light of the fact that most of us saw pretty significant property tax increases uh, from last year to this year. Um, so there were concerns about the increasing property values and the increasing tax burden that came along with that. And the fact that taxes are due right around this time didn't help either. I had at least one of my neighbors tell me, you know, I just finished paying that tax bill. You know, I'm not trying to give anybody any more money. So there were concerns about things like that. And then there also were those who said, well, you know, arena isn't that bad of an idea, but we have other needs in our community that need to be attended to first. And people give you a list like storm drainage, um, like law enforcement, jails, sidewalks, you know, other infrastructure type of items. So there were those who just felt like, yeah, this is a good project, but we are in a position to deal with our needs. And is this really a need? So I heard all of those reasons. 
uh, to vote no. Uh, as I indicated, if you check social media, I saw some pretty negative comments, even when we posted um, the uh, reels, a few reels from um, our interview with Cedric Johnson and Brad Ushery. Um, we posted links to the full episodes, Facebook pages, uh, where we know lots of people are listening and they're interested in um, community affairs and things that are going to be on the ballot. So um, we got a few negative comments there as well. So I was really wondering if the support would be in place. Of course, I really am glad that it was because uh, as you look at the reasons that some of the folks said that they were voting yes, uh, I tend to agree with some of those reasons. Uh, one of the reasons they said is that um, as the Coliseum Authority representatives indicated, is that the arena, existing arena, is functionally obsolete. Um, it is 43, 44 years old. And as I thought through that, uh, one of the things that came to mind was the very first concert that I attended at what was then called the Augusta Civic Center. That was before we had gave it the James Brown Arena name. Um, the first show that I believe I attended there was a Commodore show, which took place in August or September of 1980. I was a high school senior and my friend Pam Holmes and I went to the show. And I was, of course, extremely excited about seeing the Commodores because they are one of my all-time favorite groups and they were one of the biggest groups in the business at that time. So what occurred to me was that, yes, the Commodores were here in the late summer, early fall of 1980. And yes, Lionel Richard was with them at that time. And now what we're saying is that if we do not build a new arena. We're expecting modern day artists to use the same dressing rooms and facilities that Lionel Richie and the Commodores used in 1980. And you think about how many other things have changed, how much the world has changed in the past 43 years. It would seem to be an unrealistic expectation that a top-notch artist as Lionel and the Commodores were at that time want to come back to Augusta to those same types of conditions and certainly younger artists that we see these days would probably be horrified to think that they were being asked to use the same facilities that Lionel and the Commodore used, Commodores used in 1980. So that just lend some perspective, I think, uh, for me that really kind of put it put it in perspective for me to say, yeah, I think I'm, I'm ready to vote yes on this. Uh, you all know that I do not tell you all how to vote. I don't tell you how I plan to vote until it's over and I have voted. So yes, I did vote. I actually voted early this time, which I typically don't do either. But I went in and did the Saturday voting, took advantage of one of those opportunities. Um, it was a very slow uh, day there at the polls that day. You also notice, though, if you look at the numbers, while they were slower on Saturday, you will look from the beginning of early voting through the end, the numbers were getting bigger and bigger. I think last week I said that the highest number, I think, was a little over 300. On one of those early voting days, it got to the point where I think on the last day, there was almost 900 people who went to vote early just in that one day. So as 
better information got out, as more information got out, uh, people did get out and go to the polls. And it turned out that they were going uh, to vote favorably uh, in for uh, the uh, half cent special purpose local option sales tax. Um, also, uh, another reason that I've heard people say yes was that they're tired of going out of town to see certain acts. You know, the number of us who will drive to Columbia, South Carolina or Charlotte, North Carolina or Atlanta, Georgia, uh, the number of us who will do that is a large number. And there is a cost associated with that, you know, not just the gasoline or wear and tear on your vehicle. Chances are you're going to go out to eat and you're going to do it there as opposed to doing it in your hometown. Um, you may decide to spend the night there by a hotel room and spend the night or rent a hotel room and spend the night. So all of the expenses associated with that add up. And when you think about it, it may be less expensive for you to pay that half penny and stay here in Augusta uh, if you have the chance to see the type of entertainment that you're looking for here in our market. Also, there was the fear angle. Uh, I think there definitely was an element of fear associated with our votes to do this from some people. I heard a few people say, you know, if we don't do this, um, chances are one of the surrounding counties will. You know, if we don't get our act together, uh, chances are we'll look up and if we want to see a major act, we may have to cross the county line and go someplace else to do it. And I know for me, you know, you never know what anybody else is going to do. But that in and of itself was a motivator for me because right now I enjoy the convenience of having those uh, acts, whoever it is coming to Augusta. I enjoy having them five minutes from my driveway. And I want to keep it that way. Um, I frankly enjoy being able to, to say that, yes, you know, if it was Anthony Hamilton or if it was uh, Howard Hewitt that I went to see uh, last weekend, you know, uh, last year I went to see Peebo Bryson and Jeffrey Osborne. Uh, I've gone to see Maxwell, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I've seen them in downtown Augusta, and I want to keep it that way so that uh, I don't have to inconvenience myself. And I know that's selfish of me to a, to a large degree, and I know everybody can't say that, but that is one of the benefits of living in District 1 is that I'm very close to things like that. So I enjoy uh, having that opportunity and the ease of my experience in getting there and getting back. So that was a motivator for me personally to go out and vote for it. Also, um, I was at my neighborhood association meeting uh, or executive board meeting a few uh, weeks ago, a week or two ago. And uh, one of our executive board members said, you know, I'm just really tired of Augusta getting in his own way. Uh, people always complain about not having enough to do. They're not being, not, there's not enough here. Well, you know, we're going to have to make some investments to ensure that there is something here and create some opportunities for other things to do. So um, with those sorts of comments from somebody who, you know, is just your average voter, uh, it started um, becoming apparent to me that there really was going to be some support for um, this facility. And um, I think think that person was saying, hey, if we're going to make some things happen, it's within our hands to do that. And we just need to vote in the right way, put our money and our vote where our mouths have been 
um, to ensure that there is a better quality entertainment here in the Augusta area. As I took a look at a comparison between what happened two years ago when this was on the ballot, it was exactly two years, November of 2021, and I compared it to what happened then as well as looked at the different precincts to figure out who voted how and where. Um, first thing is there was a bigger turnout this time around than there was last time. Uh, last time there were 12,800 ballots cast. This time it was 16,162, uh, which surprised me. But, you know, folks really got out um, and decided to vote for this. It was overall a 12.7% turnout. And I know some people will look at that and say, well, that's still pitiful. Well, yeah, it kind of is because there are 127,000 or so registered voters in Augusta, uh, but a 12.7% turnout is higher than the 8% in, in change turnout, 8 or 9%, uh, I think of maybe a little over 9 last time. So more people came out to vote. Um, last time it was a 60% no vote. The difference, of course, there was that this was for a property tax increase at that time, which people decidedly did not want, particularly in the more affluent areas of our community. So we went from 60% no to 66% yes, and having more people at the poll. So the number of yes votes doubled uh, in two years with that change in funding approach. So that was first thing on the surface that happened. Next thing you realize as a message from that is, is that Augusta's don't mind, and mind the sales tax. Uh, Augusta was one of the first regions to institute the T-SPLOS with the transportation SPLOS. We've got education SPLOS. We've got a special purpose local option sales tax. And now we have a Coliseum SPLOS. So that has been a way uh, historically for Augustans to agree to fund things. Also, and I think most startling for me was the map telling the story. Uh, you can go on the Board of Elections website and you can look to see which precincts voted how. Um, and it's very apparent, you know, anybody who's familiar with the area knows that we are an urban county, we're a suburban county, and we are a rural county all at the same time. And the upshot was the urban and suburban areas voted in favor of the half cent sales tax and the rural areas voted against it. I mean, it breaks down about that simply um, looking precinct by precinct. Uh, there were three precincts where this was a tie and they were at First Baptist Church, uh, St. Mark's United Methodist Church and the Oasis Church of Hepzibah. Those three voting precincts uh, all had a, a dead heat for this. The only areas where it lost were 115, which votes at Southside Baptist Church in South Richmond County, Pine Hill Baptist Church uh, in District 6, but still headed south, um, Blythe City Hall, Precincts 801 and 801B, McBean Community Center, Precinct 802, Oasis Church of Hepzibah, again, that's one of those precincts, that one of those buildings that has multiple precincts. That's 804H, 806 again, which is Pine Hill Baptist Church, and 811 Blythe Recreation Center. So basically one precinct in District 1, which is 115, one precinct in District 6, which is 608, and then multiple precincts in District 8 voted no 
But, but of course, they were overwhelmed by the number of people voting yes in the other precincts throughout Richmond County. As I indicated earlier, this makes me feel good about Augusta. Similar look, similarly to the way that I felt good about Augusta um, over this past weekend, uh, the foodie festival took place downtown, made excellent use of the pedestrian bridge and a portion of the ramp leading up to it, as well as uh, some portions of uh, Reynolds Street and Reynolds from 5th to 6th, roughly. Uh, just more food trucks, more people than I ever envisioned coming to this thing. I walked through on Friday while I was on my regular walk. Cause y'all know I like to walk downtown, walk through, saw a lot of trucks. You know, there were a few people there came back Saturday where I actually bought food. And I was amazed at the number of people who were there. Uh, reports indicate that it was 100,000 people or so that came through. Of course, it was free to enter. You just paid for whatever food you brought, bought after you got there. And of course, there were also some arts and crafts. So it felt like a combination of arts in the heart and the Saturday market and food trucks just all sort of rolled up into one. And it was a wonderful experience for Augusta. I look forward to us having other events uh, similar to that. Um, one of the most remarkable things, in fact, it was so remarkable to me that I texted Benish Brown of Destination Augusta that afternoon and I said, Benish, you know, congratulations. All of the parking spaces on the lower end of Broad Street are filled. And I honestly cannot recall when I ever saw all of the parking spaces on the lower end of Broad Street filled. So that was something new for us. It was hopeful. It was exciting. And it was an excellent cultural experience to be able to sample foods from other countries, uh, similar to the way we do Arts in the Heart, but it was that much more. Um, so that really said a lot about Augusta that we were interested and that we took the time to show up on a November weekend to see all of that taking place in our downtown. Um, also, I want to just point out these things um, are not being done uh, directly by the city of Augusta. Um, the leaders with the Coliseum, uh, new Coliseum is the Augusta Richmond County Coliseum Authority. They're not an elected board. They're an appointed one. Uh, as well as Destination Augusta, another appointed board uh, that made that big festival happen. So there are people beyond those whom you elect that make good things happen for our community and have awesome and tremendous responsibilities uh, to ensure that tax do dollars are managed well and to ensure uh, that we have the type of entertainment and the types of activities uh, that make Augusta a thriving community. And I frankly want to say thank you to them uh, for their role in carrying a heavy, heavy load uh, in making sure that those things are happening for us. Now, let's take a quick look at some of the other elections that took place. Grovetown mayor's race, of course, we featured that race. First time we ever featured a race um, in Columbia County. Uh, we had, there were three candidates and an incumbent and two challengers who had served on the city council. Um, as it turned out, that race was really close, but it also turns out that Grovetown has a different set of laws related to elections than most of the other 
uh, places or many other places, let's call it that, in Georgia. You know, we've had runoff elections at the state level. Anytime somebody gets less than 50% of the vote, likewise in the Augusta uh, mayor and commission races, you got to have at least 50% plus one to win. Well, in Grovetown, that's not true. Um, their mayor actually won that election with 42% of the vote, um, which could not have happened in Augusta because of the different set of rules. So the mayor is returning for his third term, Mayor Gary Jones returning for his third term. However, 58% of the people who voted did not vote for him. So that's just a little bit of a different setup. And it's a philosophical issue as to whether you think uh, people should win with a plurality or, or whether they should win with a majority of the votes. Also, I want to look at the mayor's race in Waynesboro. Oh, and one other note I want to make about Grovetown. Grovetown has a population of about 17,000. And we know all of them are not registered voters because some of them are children. But they've got a population overall of around 17,000. Only 1,391 people voted in their mayoral election. So another instance where a very small number of people have made a decision for a much larger group of people. But that's what happens when you don't take the time to go out to vote. In Waynesboro, which is in Burke County, they had mayoral as well as council elections going. Um, they wound up with four people in the race for mayor, and they followed the 50% rule. So there will have to be a runoff election to determine who the mayor of Waynesboro will be. Uh, the incumbent, who is Mayor Bill Tinley, um, has been on the Waynesboro Council for 30 years or more, uh, just became mayor last year. Uh, I think he was filling an unexpired term and uh, he's going to be in a runoff against a Ward 2 uh, council person. So I think that runoff will take place in a few weeks. We'll look out to see what happens there. Uh, but yes, you wound up with that. There were a few council seats that were also contested. Um, and those were won by pretty significant majorities. Albert Anderson won Ward 2. And then in Ward 3, Vicki Bates won by a pretty significant margin. Um, so those council seats there are set in Waynesboro, but the mayoral election is the one that will have to go to a runoff. Getting back to Richmond County in Hepzibah, there were two people running, but they were both unopposed. So, of course, they'll get back in office. And in Blythe, there were four people running for two council seats. The two challengers did not fare as well. The two incumbents were the highest vote getters. The two challengers had a little bit uh, fewer votes. Um, so those two incumbents will be returning. So this ha has been election season light. Uh, let's get prepared now with our minds on March. Uh, because in March of 2024, there'll be a lot of things on the ballot. Um, so we'll have pretty extensive election coverage. This time, of course, we only did three election-related episodes prior to the election. Next time, chances are uh, we'll do a lot more just because there's so many things on the ballot to include uh, our opportunity to decide if our mayor in Augusta will be allowed the right to vote on issues. So 
Again, thank you all so much for being a part of the Local Matters family. I hope this overview has been helpful for you and gives you some insight into what happened and why it happened um, and what the implications are of the decisions that we've made. Please join us next week because we look forward to continuing to help you become more engaged and more confident. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.